Welcome back to the best of Real Presence Live. Our next segment features an interview with Father Robert Altier on our Blessed Mother's important messages at Fatima to three children. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you local hosts and guests from across the region. Now back to the show. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Father Ryan Moravitz, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We are three-quarters of the way through with our show already. It just, just chums along, Father Ryan. Chumming along. Chumming your, along. Your favorite word. Yep, yep. So uh, um, it's been a good show so far, and we still have a couple of guests that are exciting to talk about. We've got Father Robert Altier. He's on the line with us. How's, how's it going, Father Altier? I'm doing well, thanks, Father. How are you today? Very, very good. This, my name is Father uh, Rich, or Father Richard Kunz, and Father Ryan Moravitz is with us, and and uh, um, we're talking to you about the uh, the Virgin Mary, but in a particular way, um, Our Lady of Fatima. Maybe for those that are listening that might not be familiar with the story or have uh, just a little bit of understanding of it, maybe you can share a little bit about this about the Fatima story. Well, uh, back in 1917, Our Lady appeared to three shepherd children in Portugal, uh, in the area uh, called Fatima, and uh, and revealed to them a number of things. It was a, a veritable catechism, uh, the, the way that she did things. She appeared only six on six occasions, revealed a number of things, and uh, and then on the last one, which would have been in October, so the first one was in May, so the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima was just yesterday, on May 13th, and she appeared on the 13th of each month until uh, October. That's where there was the miracle of the sun, and you know over 70,000 people witnessed that, and, and the various things that happened, and, and our, our Lady you know, talked specifically about the fact she wanted um, devotion to her Immaculate Heart, to be able to counter some of the problems going on in the world. She talked about Russia spreading her errors throughout the world if, if, if it wasn't consecrated uh, to, to the Lord. And she talked about uh, the greatest thing, that in the end her Immaculate Heart will triumph. And, and so, so some, some beautiful things that she taught us. Father, um, this is Father Ryan Moravitz. Um, it's good to have you on the show. You know, Our Lady of Fatima, you said she showed herself to three children. Why children and why these three? Well, uh, there are several things. You know, of course, she sometimes will appear to adults, but in this case, she appeared to three illiterate children, um, two of whom would would actually die within within a year or two, and uh, one who lived till she was ninety seven. But to that one, she actually said she wanted her sister Lucia uh, to to learn how to read so that she would be able to obviously address the things that she didn't even know about at that point. Um, but these were three pious children, uh, but it was in the area of of, uh, of Portugal, the only area of Portugal, actually, people need to understand, that still had the Islamic names. When, when the Muslims had overtaken Portugal, they changed all the Christian names to Muslim names when the Christians pushed them back out, they changed all the names back to what they originally were. The only place in the entire country of Portugal that still had the Islamic names was this area of, known as Urem, uh, of which Fatima is part, and Fatima is uh, the, the uh, oldest and, and favored daughter of, of Muhammad. And so Archbishop Fulton Sheen, looking at that, always said, I really believe, and I'm in agreement with him, 
that this is going to be for the conversion of the Muslims, that Our Lady would appear in a place where it still had the Islamic names, and and that, that this would be the, the means of, of the conversion of the Muslims as well. So so those, those children, yes, while they were indeed very pious, uh, you know, simple uh, children, shepherds, Catholic kids, um, it's also the, the spot that she appeared uh, that, that becomes important for our consideration as well. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunzlam and Father Ryan Moravitz. We are talking to Father Robert Altier about Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, Father Altier, I kind of grew up in the real, in the um, Blue Army movement. My grandmother was very active in it, and so my spirituality of my childhood was totally um, revol- revolved around Fatima. And so Fatima is very close and near and dear to my heart. It always has been. And I had the honor back in 2000 to can celebrate Mass at the Beatification with John Paul II when the uh, um, uh, Sister Lucia was there, and that's when they revealed the the third secret. There's lots of talks uh, talk about the, the the secrets of Fatima, especially the third one. Maybe you can uh, maybe address a little bit about that. Yeah, there were three secrets uh, that 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 uh, that were given. Uh, the, the first was when Our Lady showed the children the vision of hell, and then the second uh, had to do with the devotion to her Immaculate Heart. And then the third secret was uh, was written by Sister Lucia in 1944. Pardon me. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, so so Sister Lucia wrote the third secret down in 1944, put it in an envelope, and wrote that it was not to be it was to be revealed to the world in 1960 or after 1960, and the popes had chosen not to do that, uh, and and so after Pope John Paul had been shot. He specifically requested to see that while he was in the in the hospital, because it talked about a bishop in white who would who would be shot and so on, and and so so then he chose to reveal that. Then back in the year 2000, there's still some controversy as to whether the entirety of the third secret, in other words, was there just one page or were there two in two different envelopes? There and and so there's there's controversy about that, but. But the the vision that was given to the children is what was released. Uh, And if there is a second envelope, uh, which would be about Sister Lucia's understanding of what that vision was, then that has not been released. But uh, but there's, again, no specific statement uh, from the Vatican as to whether or not there is a second envelope. So, So that's some of the controversy that goes on to this day. But but at least the vision that they were given was released in 2000 in its entirety. Father, um, you know, Mary's an important role model in the life of the Church, and particularly when we speak of Our Lady of Fatima, it's such a, a relevant um, message for, for today, it's, you know, for our time in history. Um, yet, we might not have the greatest connection to her. Um, how do we grow deeper in relationship with Mary? Well, a couple of things. First, I, I think the, the the key is to make sure that we understand what the Church actually teaches about Our Lady, because there are some people who think that the devotion to Mary takes something away from Jesus, and, and we have to remember that Jesus is the first one who was absolutely devoted to Mary, and continues to be, and and that that a devotion... As as anybody would know, if if somebody you know, for instance, you know, if somebody were to compliment your mother, you're not going to look at it as an affront to you that your mother was complimented. 
and our Lord certainly would be in that same way. So to understand that, no, this is not taking anything away from Jesus, it is not offensive to Jesus. If we worship Mary, yes, that would be wrong, um, because that would, you know, the worship is given only to God, and Mary is not God. She is not a goddess. Uh, she is a human woman, just like every human woman, but she is without sin, and she was chosen by God to be his mother. And that's why all of the other gifts given to Our Lady were given, so she could be the mother of God. So, in answer, it's a, a long way around, but in answer to your question, I would say that once you understand that that's what the teaching of the Church is, then the praying of the Rosary would be would be the best way to, to draw near to Our Lady. It's, it's meditating on the mysteries of, of Our Lord's life and death and, and of, of Our Lady's work in, in Our Lord's life. And it draws us near to her. And, you know, Sister Lucia said that, that there is nothing that could not be obtained through the praying of the rosary. So anything at all. And, and that is what will bring us close to Mary. If we, if we, uh, and it works two ways. If, if we draw near to Mary, she will bring us to Jesus. If we draw near to Jesus, he will bring us to Mary. Because you can't separate the two. They're the Immaculate Heart, the Sacred Heart are, are, are united in that way. Father Altier, can you, can you speak really quickly to the uh, event that's coming up later on this week that you're going to be part of? Yeah, there's um, a congress uh, up in, in Fargo. I think it'll be at Shanley High School, and uh, and that will be uh, on uh, put on by the World Apostle of Fatima. I will be giving a couple of talks at that, uh, looking at, at uh, particularly how uh, what was shown at Fatima applies to us today. So it's not looking at the history so much of what happened at Fatima, but how we can how how this is going to apply to us in our day to day. Folks, that's Our Lady of Fatima Conference Day, May eighteenth at Shanley High School in Fargo. Um, the cost is five dollars per person or ten dollars per family, and they'll be that'll be collected at the door in cash or check. Um, so again, that's out uh, May eighteenth in Shanley. Um, registration begins at eight a.m. Great. Thank you very much, Father Altier, for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. Have a great day. God bless you. Yeah, many blessings. It's, God bless, it's, Father. It's been great in having you. Up next on the Best of Real Presence Live, we'll talk about what Catholics actually believe about Mary with the Diocese of Bismarck's Bishop Kagan. Don't go anywhere. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. 
Attend a Catholic United Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic United rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. Thanks for staying with us. Our next segment on today's Best of Real Presence Live features Bishop David Kagan of the Bismarck Diocese on what we as Catholics truly believe about Mary, the Mother of God. Good morning, America! We're in studio in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Father Justin Wall. And I'm Father Josh Wall. And we are the Sons of Thunder! And as it goes, everybody, we're asking you right now to get on the phone, get on your social media, text out, whatever you need to do to let America and the Midwest know that the Sons of Thunder are on. We've got an absolutely magnificent show for you. We have some special guests we'll be bringing in a little bit later on. But we're super excited to be on. We're going to kick it off uh, with a prayer. Father Josh. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In this month of Mary, we especially turn to her. We entrust this show to her, uh, all the listeners uh, throughout the region. And we ask that she might just bless this time and help us to speak words of truth of her son. As we pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, it's time for everybody's intro and most favorite segment of the entire show. We're going to crush it with Bishop David Kagan. It is definitely, it's got to be one of the favorite parts of everybody's Sons of Thunder show because... Bishop, you're, you're so well-known. By the way, I was going to tell you, I had a guy came up to me yes. in the gas station, and he said, uh, he said, you know what, you have, or we have the best bishop in America, and he stands oh, up for what's right, and I'm proud of him. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to tell Bishop that, because, you know, I'm not sure bishops always get the best news. No, uh, we don't always <laughs> get the best. That's very kind of him to say that, uh. So yeah. we're big blue, big blue collar worker. He was pumped up. So, well, that's very kind. It, it's uh, nice to hear that from time to time. <laughs> Bishops don't usually, Once as priests don't usually hear all the nice things. They right. usually get some of the not nice. Just things. a little. 
Well, it's the, it's the month of May, uh, Bishop, and as you well know, that month is Mary's Month. Mm-hmm. We just graduated St. Mary's Central High School, last one uh, in the old school, heading to the new one, and they reverence that as well. So we have some questions for the folks out there uh, that we're hoping you can answer for us mm-hmm. in regards to Mary. And I think maybe one of the most uh, interesting ones, at least as a priest, one I get you know both from Protestants and Catholics is... Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, why do we pray to Mary? What about her intercession? Do we worship Mary? And all of that sort of thing. And mm. Maybe you could give us some clarity well, as to her, uh, her role. For everyone, Catholic or not Catholic, one of the best sources of information, of obviously, is the catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, but that's a common misperception, mainly by uh, Protestants, that Catholics worship Mary. Catholics do not, never have, and never will worship Mary. We only worship the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. However, we uh, hold Mary in the highest uh, regard, and we give to her the, the highest honor and veneration we can give to any human being. Uh, and uh, we do so precisely because uh, it has been divinely revealed to us, uh, both in Old and New Testaments, uh, that she is the divinely chosen one to be the mother of God himself. And uh, uh, that's crystal clear. Uh, and... Uh, as it's it's as I say divinely revealed through sacred scripture, and that was something that from the beginning of our Lord's earthly life, that was never a question. Uh, who our blessed Mother is? She is the Mother of the Lord, and even in our uh, Lord's earthly life, she was often referred to as the mother of the Lord, as you read in the Gospels, and certainly uh, there no doubt was left when Jesus himself, one of his final acts uh, in this world was to uh, designate, uh, proclaim her to be not just his mother, but the mother of all humanity, when from the cross he says, Woman, behold your son, referring to uh, St. John standing next to her, and then, Son, behold your mother. Uh, This is the, uh, the will of Almighty God himself, that she be... Uh, the model, as we say uh, in one of the the prefaces with regard to our Blessed Lady, she is the pattern, not just for the Church, but the pattern of holiness for the rest of us human beings uh, to look to, to imitate, and certainly to go to her in prayer seeking her intercession with her son you know but we do not worship mary that's i i think a self-induced uh self-perpetuated uh scheme by non-catholics to denigrate uh what is 
uh, a, a absolutely beautiful and necessary part of Catholic life. But why? Uh, that, that, that's always what kills me. I don't know why. What is uh, but so they're steeped in error to begin with. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it, the foundation for what they say is is totally erroneous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it, I, I can't answer that. But I, I don't take my word for it. Go to the cat If they really are sincere and in, in, in what is this all about? Read the Catechism of the Catholic Church about and what it says about our Blessed Mother as the Mother of God, the Mother of the Church. And it's clear. And guess who was responsible for putting that together? You're listening to the best of Real Presence Live. Now, back to more of our interview with Bishop David Kagan of the Bismarck Diocese on what Catholics actually believe about Mary. Pope Benedict XVI. <laughs> One of the if you need of our show. Clari- <laughs> yeah, but if you need clarity about the faith, mm-hmm. there is no better source for that right. you know, than all of his writings. Uh, it, it, but this, it, this, it, this is just part and parcel of not just what we believe, but uh, how we live what we believe in day to day as as Catholics. You know the thing is too, Bishop. That part if you if you understand, uh, you know, as you're saying in the Catechism, but the totality of of what Jesus established. Mm-hmm. It's the kingdom of God, so it's a kingdom. It's clearly a family, as he's giving us mm-hmm. his father as well as his mother, as you're saying, from the cross. And so if you start, as Luther and Zwingli and the rest of these reformers did, start picking out pieces and tossing them in the trash, yeah. eventually you're left with an incomplete picture and therefore an incomplete relationship. So maybe you could speak a little bit to her role. Uh, you know, as, as Jesus says, he fulfills... Uh, the law, it's not going away, it's fulfilled, mm-hmm. and so kind of the queen mothership in the David- Davidic kingdom and her queen mothership, mm-hmm. uh, and and then as you were saying, you know, uh, maybe from a more familial perspective, perspective you know, especially as a, a bishop or priest, you know, we loved our mother or mothers, mm-hmm. and Jesus loves his, you know, yeah. and so that's kind of part of this larger picture. Well, uh, and again, uh, you can look both uh, to the dual source uh, uh, of our faith in sacred scripture and holy tradition. There's no contradiction between one and the other. One, in a sense, complements the other by taking what is uh, is clearly and divinely revealed through sacred scripture uh, about our Blessed Mother and then looking to how the church... Uh, related to her from the very beginning. Exactly. Uh, uh, the apostles, those first disciples, both before and after Pentecost, <clears throat> she she held the place of honor among them. They recognized that, yes, she is the mother of God, and uh, it, it it just it was not there was no reason not to honor and revere her for who she is and who she uh, uh, is not just for Jesus but for them and that was from the very beginning and that's yes that it, that it, that 
was from the beginning. It has not changed, and it won't change. Uh, it, it, no matter uh, how long uh, time continues, uh, it's, it's that will be the same. And uh, in this month of May, which by long uh, uh, and and beautiful custom uh, is devoted to our Blessed Lady, uh, we have an opportunity uh, not just to learn more of her as mother of God and mother of us all, but we have an opportunity, I think, to uh, look at the Marian devotions which the Church approves of. They are absolutely stunning. I agree. And not just theologically, but pastorally uh, compelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, anyone who um would uh, pray or or become involved with one of the Marian devotions cannot help but be i i would say uh, steeped in the church's love for and veneration of our blessed mother uh and uh, doing that how can you not want to know more of her and uh imitate her as that most perfect of all the disciples of Jesus. Yeah, you know, and th- you saying that reminds me uh, of a few years back when Our Lady of Fatima statue was yes. in our diocese. Yeah. And I thank you again for sending her up to St. Leo's in Minot, but mm-hmm. the way we marked it, and I think maybe something similar was down here, but we did a, a Eucharistic Marian procession through right. downtown Minot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you, you really speak to something there, because even though people... We're not Catholic, many of them. The entire downtown just shut down as we came through. People yeah. were coming out of shops. Some people were kneeling. And, you know, I mean, it was a very spiritual moment for everyone present. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. you know, to practice these devotions, rosary even before Mass. Even, folks, if you can only pray a decade of the rosary, just begin there. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, as you were saying that, that like, the Miraculous Medal. And mm-hmm. if you remember is uh, Alphonse Radisbon with yeah. uh, Maximilian Kolbe? <laughs> That's a heck of a name. <laughs> yeah. And well, and he, he said to him, he said, you know, he was anti-Catholic. He was, I think yeah. he was Jewish. And Kolbe said, you know, take this Miraculous Medal and wear it for a week. And he, out of spite, I think more than anything, he wore it for a week. And when he finally came back to give it back to Colby, uh, he had, you know, the image of Our Lady right. was struck, like, he found himself, like, 20 feet away from the statue, totally infused with every teaching of the Catholic Church, and became a Catholic. <laughs> right. Like, so just little, even encouraging people just to wear the Miraculous Medal you know, or whatever it, it, it be. See, all of that works together for the good, the good of the individual person, the building up, strengthening of the faith in the Church. But, you know, we we have that beautiful uh, saying, and it's it's steeped in the truth of revelation and tradition to Jesus through Mary. Take that example of that anti-Catholic man. Who is it that enlightens him to know who Jesus Christ is? It's our Blessed Mother. Read the Gospels. When she's referred to, she's always referred to as being accompanied by others coming to see Jesus. Exactly. Oh, how can you not appreciate that? 
Well, and at the end of the day, I, I mean, she's his mom. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly. like we all love our mothers, and maybe you don't want a relationship with her, but to speak against her, I think, is you know, well, I mean, it's it's dangerous. It's, well, you know, uh, let's let's just take it out of the the realm of of the holy and religion. It's irrational. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes no sense, and that again, you know speaks volumes about who's denigrating the Blessed Mother right. or yeah. the way we honor and venerate her. Exactly. I just I just think, like, if I had a friend, he's like, oh, you know, you're my best friend. I'm like, you should really meet my mom. And he's like, I want nothing to do with your mother. <laughs> right. I would yeah. just be like, like what? okay, what? man, don't mess yeah. with my mama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Well, Bishop, it's always great having you on the show, folks. Uh, Bishop David Kagan crushing it for the Diocese of Bismarck once again on the Sons of Thunder show. Uh, we got straight talk coming up in a bit, so if you got those questions, we want you to you know start preparing those and get ready to call in or Facebook in uh, that one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two number. We got some surprises for you coming up, so stay tuned and keep calling people and letting them know uh, we're on the show. Bishop, we're we're very grateful to have you on. <clears throat> uh, thank you for being on this morning. Time flies uh, when you're crushing it with Bishop Kagan. Bishop, uh, thanks again. We appreciate having you on. You're very kind. (laughs) Don't Don't go go anywhere. Up next on the Best of Real Presence Live, welcoming Mary into our hearts as our Heavenly Mother. Should we do this? If so, how? That's the interview we'll bring you with Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate in the Diocese of Fargo. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. This is the best of Real Presence Live. We now bring you an interview with Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate on how we can welcome Mary, the Mother of God, into our hearts as our own Heavenly Mother. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Michael Goldsmith and Father Randall Kazel, and you are listening to Real Presence Live. It is 47, 46 past the hour, and we have... A wonderful guest on the, on the on the phone line. We we celebrate Mary. You know, May, this is the month of our mother. That's my favorite Marian hymn. 
And uh, how do we welcome her into our hearts this month? That is the question. Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate in the Diocese of Fargo will share ways we can grow closer to our Lord's Mother. Yeah, Father Christensen, great to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate it. Yes, and Father, you know, near the end of the Gospel of John, there is that beautiful exchange with Jesus uh, exchanging with our Blessed Mother and then the, the Apostle John in the exchange of hearts there in the exchange of, of love uh, and that beautiful role of Lady that Our Lady, Our Blessed Mother that Jesus makes her to be aware of and to grow and accept uh, can you say more about how Our Lady at that moment uh, is a way for us to go to her heart and be with her in her heart with Jesus <clears throat> well it's Jesus himself who gives us his mother you know, one of the most important statements he made, or anyone would make, is right before they die. And uh, represented in in St. John the Apostle, who didn't need a mother. He was a, a big boy, he was old enough. And so it was obviously something bigger than just uh, giving St. John his mother. He represented all of us. And it, it's a beautiful place that we can go. You know, the heart represents, you know, we still write on trees and on graffiti, you know, John Hart Susie or whatever that that the heart represents her whole being her whole her whole essence which is really to return that love of God that the most perfect human being and and the mother of Christ and so it's a place of refuge you know we point at our chest we point we touch our heart uh, because it's so important and so we know that the heart of Mary is important and, and enshrined in that heart it's really the Holy Trinity is, is where we can find Christ. He leads us to Christ. If we're, if Maximilian Kolbe says, you know, if, if, uh, teach us to love you and teach us to serve you because to love Mary, to serve her is only going to show us Christ because her heart is filled with that. Amen. Amen. Father, you're with the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate in the Diocese of Fargo, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And so, I mean, that's kind of what you guys have dedicated your life to. Is that correct? We wear her patch over our hearts, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pray the rosary daily and other hymns and prayers and, and totally consecrate ourselves individually and our community and all of our work to her and through her. And we speak, speak much about her to others because we just know as... Uh, St. Louis de Montfort, St. Maximilian Colby, and others have said that she's the quickest and surest way to salvation because she's the way to Christ in a very easy and quick way. And Father, if we have listeners uh, around the area here in the Midwest, uh, maybe they don't have a strong relationship with our Blessed Mother, what kind of encouragement or uh, suggestions would you offer to them? Well, I think, uh, you know, I just I flew home to Michigan, my uh, hometown, to preach for Divine Mercy, and and flying back, there were two gentlemen that sat directly behind me in the airplane, and they didn't know each other, and, and yet they struck up and said, you know, hi, I'm, you know, Joe, and I'm Bob, and, and, and what do you do for work? And all of a sudden, the whole flight, they were conversing with each other and sharing and <clears throat> sharing their heart and their life and their family and their, you know, their politics and everything, and they, they had a beautiful conversation, and they said, well, it was nice chatting with you, you know, what's your best, and so I just thought... Well, go to ask her. <laughs> you know, how do we get to know someone? Mm-hmm. We, That's excellent. We, we introduce ourselves. And so go in prayer. Introduce yourself to Mary and tell her about yourself and ask about her. Ask, ask her whatever whatever 
you know, whatever doubts you have, whatever you want to know about her, ask her. And she's in heaven, and, and she will reveal that to you, and and she will tell you about herself just as we do with each other. Yeah. And, and of course, we can read. There's much that can be read. St. Maximilian Colby, all of his writings, the two, two volumes that just came out in 2016, Nerbini International printed them, N-E-R-B-I-N-I. All of his writings have been printed in English. Uh, or, of course, St. Louis de Montfort, Jesus Living in Mary, or God Alone, it's his collected writings. And so we can learn from the saints and many other saints, but there's a great springboard in some of those uh, writings there to also learn about her because they've prayed and learned much themselves. Amen. It's about 10 minutes to 11 here. My name is Michael Goldsmith. This is Matt Welcome with me and Father Randall Kazel. We are speaking with Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate in the Diocese of Fargo. And we are so blessed to have you on with us, Father. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more um, kind of about when, when you think of somebody... You know, something's wrong, and we usually go to our mom, right? I mean, <laughs> I know yeah, I yeah. used to. Uh, even even now, uh, I had a broken relationship with my mom, but I still think of her, and I love her, and I respect her, uh, and I wish it was a better, better. But, I mean, when we have a mom, that is something special. So what are some reasons we can go to Mary? This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now, you're listening to an interview with Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate, on accepting Mary, the Mother of God, into our hearts as our own Heavenly Mother. Well, I, <laughs> I, I do liken it to my mother also. You know, there's 12 children in my family. Uh, my parents uh, had 12 children, and when my mom had her, we had a 70, 70th, uh, 10 years ago, a 70th surprise birthday party, and we all contributed a little story or a little fact, you know, uh, about our memories uh, to share on that occasion. And, um, you know, I think about my mom was pregnant, we figure, 3,311 3, days of her life. Wow. <laughs> she probably ate 35,000 plus diapers, and those were cloth diapers. Mm. <laughs> loads Hardcore. of laundry that. <laughs> loads we talked of about diapers earlier. <laughs> Pardon me? I'm sorry, we talked about diapers earlier too, but please keep going, Father. It's beautiful. Well, uh, but, you know, the, the, the clothes washer ran almost 24 hours for 22 years straight. We could have done a Kenmore commercial. Yeah. Mom would get up in the night sometimes and refill it just to keep up. You know, <laughs> probably almost 10,000 uh, gallons of milk that were purchased and drunk and 6,552 quarts canned vegetables and fruit <laughs> to, to survive uh, and and just all the things mom could I, I always marveled mom could do anything or fix anything she would line us up uh, you know if someone had strep throat she'd line us up back in the day and she would do the throat culture and then she'd label them and bring them into the doctor and then we'd find out when we got home from school who had strep throat or not oh, um, wow. but but she could she could just do anything, you know, with duct tape. Or I was just always amazed. Mom would make it work and make it happen. And, and, and it always fascinated me. At the age of 16, she literally ice skated circles around me on the ice. And and she just, just had this attitude that she was never worried. She would always use the expression, it, it will all come out in the wash, she would say. <laughs> and her <laughs> yes. and dad were married 59, 59 years, so beautifully. 
dedicated and, and faithful to each other and to marriage and to their faith. And so, you know, I just think if mom could do anything, if mom could fix anything in her human frailty, how much more could the Blessed Mother do the Mother of Christ who sits at his right hand and who is perfect? And, and I think in that same way as you do. Right. 55 past the hour. We've just got a couple minutes left here, Father Joseph Christensen of the Franciscans of Mary Immaculate in the Diocese of Fargo, who we're speaking with on Real Presence Live on a Thursday. And, uh, Father, on our own diocesan Facebook page, I mentioned earlier, uh, Diocese of Winona, Rochester, we have a Facebook giveaway every Friday, and I've been starting to give away Marian-themed items. And uh, this past week, it just completely blew up Facebook with like, like almost 50 comments in response to the question, what's your favorite Marian devotion or prayer? Uh, and it just blew things up. I mean, there's so many different things. Maybe you, if you could just mention just a couple of different ways that we can get to know Mary a little bit more. I think uh, praying her rosary, she asked the children of Fatima, you know, if someone comes from heaven and asks you to do something, it's probably very important, you know, to pray the rosary for peace and conversion. And we still need both. We're still at war in various parts of the world. We're still, we're still not converted. And so the Fatima message has not been fulfilled. But the first Saturday devotion, five first Saturdays of going to Mass, receiving communion, going to confession, is now the Church allows 20 days prior or after, and also uh, praying prayers for the Holy Father to make reparations for her Immaculate Heart. The, the little office of Our Lady a very beautiful, rich, uh, traditional uh, prayer booklet. Uh, maybe even just bringing some flowers, her, you know, before her image at the church and offering her three aves, three Hail Marys, just as a gift to her. I often recommend that on her birthday that we would do that as a as a birthday gift to her. Amen. Uh, making the thirty day, thirty three day consecration. Uh, there's, um, you know, Saint Louis de Montfort or uh, Father Gately has a beautiful version also. So these are some different ways, and I'm sure just many others. Father, thank you. It's Father Joseph Christensen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Up next, as we continue with the best of Real Presence Live, we'll bring you an interview with Emily Leadham of the Diocese of Sioux Falls on the special bond that exists between a mother and her child. Keep it right here. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Attend a Catholic Unite Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic Unite rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. 
Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. Welcome back to the best of Real Presence Live. We now bring you an interview with Emily Leadham of the Diocese of Sioux Falls on the special bond between a mother and her child and how that bond grows throughout the years. We are going to be matched in Dr. Shree's energy level and passion and excitement for the Lord by our next guests. What an introduction. You're you're welcome. I need to start doing jumping jacks over here. I'm so excited. (laughs) We have uh, Emily Leadham in studio here with us at the banquet to talk about a really, um, I think for some people, intriguing and maybe provocative topic of chastity in marriage. Well, and a topic people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Speak for yourself. I'm ready to go. (laughs) It's awkward, Emily. Awkward. It can be. Yes. No, that's very, that's very, very true. I think it's a vulnerable topic um, because it requires us to reveal something about ourselves, about our humanity, about the reality um, of kind of a marital life that, yeah, that I think can be kind of intimidating for people. So before we dive into that too far, real brief, tell us what you do for the diocese. Yeah, so I'm Emily Leadham. I serve as the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I've been working for the diocese for several years, previously in more of an event coordinator role, and now in in, in this role for the last two or three years. Um, and I always tell people it's such an outpouring of kind of what the Lord is doing in my life, because I'm, I'm married, I have a young family, we've got two girls, um, and a super handsome hunk of a humanity uh, husband <laughs> named Matt. And and yeah, I think oftentimes I just, I feel he like so much. He is rather cute. He is so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think a lot of times I'm just, I'm so taken by the fact that so much of what God is kind of doing in our marriage, in our life, is also what he's wanting to reveal uh, in my work in ministry as well. So I'm learning right along with everybody. I love it. You're perfect for the job. So talking about chastity and talking about it with married couples, I don't I don't really know if I fully understand that. Explain that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of chastity as uh abstinence before marriage or mm-hmm. uh you know, the boundaries of purity before marriage. Uh but really chastity is like an integrated approach to human sexuality in every phase and in every stage. Um so that applies to the young teenager, that applies to our grandmas and grandpas. I know I went there. Um oh. it applies to our religious sisters, our priests, uh and our married couples. And it's really a it's like I said, it's that integrated approach to sexuality saying um there's a proper time and a proper place to express uh, in the context of marriage to express the gifts of our sexuality and navigating how to do that well within the confines of you know family planning and within the reality of um, whatever it might be tiredness or sick kids or whatever and so chastity kind of recognizes that um, it's not a free-for-all and that there's actually times of abstinence by choice or by default, um, and that we can still have a fully flourishing, beautiful married marriage um, within within the realities of love life. 
if that makes sense. I think the key word that you used is integrated. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, you give examples from people who live other vocations, uh, mm-hmm. priest, mm-hmm. religious. Um, our sexuality is a gift to all of us, whether we're married, single, um, ordained, uh, consecrated, whatever it is. So we're all called to chastity in that sense of of integration. But could you say more, looking here, particularly within marriage, and you were just giving examples, um, uh, abstaining when we're called to by choice or by circumstance or whatever. um, What else does that look like? I remember back in the early 80s, now St. John Paul II, when he was giving the weekly audiences that we now know as Theology of the Body, when he gave the address where he talked about chastity within marriage, a lot of people really, it, it made the secular news because people misunderstand chastity for abstinence. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk more then, what what does that look like uh, for people who who are married and are seeking to grow in their love and in chastity? Yeah, I think um, a couple other realities is is faithfulness to the marriage vows. You know, uh, not only am I... as a a major reality that challenges the gifts of uh, the gifts of sexuality and marriage um or uh uh, contraception is a big one that comes up that challenges chastity and marriage it's 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 a disintegrated approach to to the gift of sexuality I remember what JP2 specifically said is it's possible for a man to lust after his wife and vice versa Mm -hmm. like that just really like Mm-hmm. When people think about um, sexuality and what lust is, mm-hmm. the idea that you could lust after your spouse seems like, well, no, you're married, but lust is the objectific- objectification of the other. Yes. And we're not supposed to make sexual objects out of anybody, including our spouses. And it becomes use. You exactly. know, I think that's the real mm. question that couples can ask themselves. Am I, am I using my spouse for my own personal gratification? And really, I mean, quite practically on the ground, I hear a lot of couples that will express, you know, a hard day at work or uh, the stresses of life. And I just want to be with my spouse because I need an outlet to relax right. or an outlet for whatever. That's, that's, that's really using the gift of your spouse uh, abusing the gift of your spouse yep. in that regard, rather than I'm bringing my whole self to you in all that I am as a pure gift uh, to lay my life down for you and vice versa. You know, it's an entirely different approach. And so I think uh, approaching marriage, the marriage bed, um, with that real, like, uh, yeah, pouring out of self is kind of the key difference. This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now, you're listening to an interview with Emily Leadham of the Diocese of Sioux Falls on the special bond that exists between a mother and her child. So how do you go beyond um, knowing the difference between the two things? How do you know if you're treating your spouse the correct way? Because you are going to desire them, mm-hmm. and you are going to have those kinds of feelings. For somebody who this is a completely new concept for them, mm-hmm. 
how would they know that they're approaching it the right way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think self-awareness is huge. Cultivating that self-awareness, fostering that self-awareness to recognize, okay, where where am I at, and why is it that I would like to initiate this relationship with my with my spouse right now? Is it because um, I just need a, a break? I just need to be whatever, um, or is it really? man, like I love this woman, this man so much and I am totally ready to unite myself to them in this, in this powerful way. So I think the self-awareness, um, I think really practically, if, if this is entirely new to anybody, the gift of natural family planning, um, automatically starts to sift that out, I think, for couples, because um, it becomes there with with the use of natural family planning, which we're in a, uh, a week of natural family planning awareness across the country and kind of educating couples about this gift. But um, I think approaching it and recognizing, okay, when is what's kind of the natural cycle of the woman's fertility? Um, and that there are times, key times, if you're trying to avoid pregnancy, um, that a couple must intentionally choose to observe stain mm-hmm. um and it and it's and it's hard it's it's really hard but i think what happens is that it starts to weed out some of that selfishness and says i choose you above my desires i choose our family above my desires i choose you know god's plan for our marriage above my desires and then there's times when uh you know maybe it's the infertile period of a woman's cycle or they're open to a new life um, where because they are approaching the marriage bed through an awareness of fertility, the fertile cycle, all of that, there's there's a shift that happens, I think, in the human heart. There's a shift that happens with couples um, that then they start approaching it as, okay, this is an integrated, not just a sexual reality, but it's unitive and it's procreative. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just choosing how to utilize that gift of procreation. I'm choosing it intentionally rather than responding to the times that those desires might might arise which doesn't sound as sexy but i think if done well it totally is (laughs) (laughs) if you're just tuning in who is this we're talking Uh, i'm dr chris bergwald and i'm heather caro and you're listening to real presence live and we are talking this morning with emily leadham about the reality and the gift and beauty of chastity within marriage so emily you talked about your i want to get this right now handsome hunk of humanity uh, husband Matt also known as Matt but yes, preferably the a, handsome yes, hunk of humanity yes, it gets long though I mean so uh, your we title. need an acronym <laughs> Triple H is that yeah Triple H <laughs> um, so just in, in your own marriage with Matt how have you seen this lived up yeah we um, Matt and I are so blessed to have just this awesome group of friends um, where you know, Heather, I had to laugh when you made a comment earlier of like, nobody wants to talk about it. Cause this is like a frequent topic at our dinner conversation, <laughs> you know, at our dinner table with our friends and with each other and that kind of thing. Um, and to be totally honest, I think it's something that my husband and I are continuing to like work on because it's not, it's not easy to live this gift of chastity within, within marriage. Well, I think it can be really challenging. Um, but we talk all the time about how like we desire to have this like fully integrated, holy life pursuing sanctity together hand in hand arm in arm um and the yeah the the great like challenge has actually been a source of great joy 
as well for us. And it's, and in the, in the times where maybe we're, we're abstaining and don't want to or whatever, um, I think we've really had to be intentional about finding other ways to like feel connected and to love on each other. And, um, you know, so sharing a glass of wine on our deck this summer, whatever it is mm-hmm. for you, for you as a couple, you know, find your thing. Um, but I think it's really, yeah, been a great, uh, a great source of value. And the other, that the really practical thing that I would say, going kind of back to natural family planning, um, one of the things that we do in our marriage is that Matt is in charge of keeping the charts yep. for our fertile um, yep. cycles. And so uh, we actually have an app. I don't think it's like supposed. To, I don't think it's a legit app. But we use it anyway <laughs> to chart the crate model. Not, they not don't have. App. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yep, yep. So um, it's actually it kind of follows the Creighton model of um, natural family planning. But I don't think that they actually have an app. I think somebody else just made one because yeah. they thought that they should have one, and it's yeah. been great. So, anyways, we um, we've been we've been utilizing that, and it's been just awesome for Matt to really like be in charge of that. And so he'll frequently ask me, Hey, what'd you see today? You know, where are we at or whatever? And he knows more about my body than I do a lot of times. Um, you know, so I'll ask like, okay, do I need to bring things if I were to get my cycle or something like when we're packing for a trip and he's, he's kind of in charge of that. And it's, it's, I think prevented, um, what happens with a lot of couples is that one feels like the gatekeeper and one feels like the initiator. And so I think it's really pushed against, um, yeah, kind of that, that divide that can come up. In our last couple minutes here, Emily, um, for those that are listening, you, you got blessed and you got lucky, um, or God blessed you richly with Matt. What if you have a couple that this is all a new concept for them? This is not something they've ever thought about. How do you even start talking to your spouse about this? How do they go about learning more about it? What tools can you give them? Yeah, absolutely. I think one really good place to start is actually just the health benefits. Um, a lot of people get behind the idea of, okay, what when we put a, a pill in our body or just simply look at the list of potential <clears throat> side effects on the pamphlets that the hospital mm-hmm. or the clinic mm-hmm. hands you with your IUD or with your whatever, that's enough for me to say, hold on, I don't know if I want that in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think to really start at that place with your spouse to say, I w- I we need I need something healthy um for for my body for my cycle my fertility is not a disease it's actually a normal thing and that's and it's something that I need to kind of honor help me figure this out help let's let's make a healthy choice together number 1 um but then number 2 um and maybe this should have been number 1 really start praying i think intentionally for your spouse in that regard you know if you are really convicted about this and your spouse is like heck no there's no way um there there's a conversion of heart that needs to happen there and so really intentionally praying for your spouse in that regard uh, but then also find community of people find other people that can speak into this that you can go have a beer with and say all right tell me practically how is this lived out mm-hmm. how do you do this well because i'm you know i'm scared to death that we're gonna have 18 kids if we do this <laughs> yeah. um and so to, to sit down with couples that are in the trenches that are using it effectively um to say this is this is best for my soul it's best for my body um you know i think we're afraid to say contraception is actually a mortal sin you know we've Amen. we've become afraid to say that uh, but it, but it is, it severs something in our relationship with God. So find community that can, that can walk you through that. We, that, that went fast and we ran out of time. Too much, too fast. 
fast. Thank you for sure. So, and again, this is, we're in the midst of NFP awareness week, right? Mm-hmm. And any, any, is there a general resource that you would point to if people want to learn more? Yeah, you can start um, at the USCCB's website, usccb.org. Um, a search there will point you to a lot of different resources. Um, if you're on Instagram, follow the hashtag NFP awareness week. That's a really great way to just learn more and see couples that are witnessing this, people that are sharing kind of their realities and the health benefits, um, or diocesan websites. I know here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, we have a, a webpage entirely devoted to these resources, and I think other dioceses do as well. Um, yeah, there's a million and one, and I'd be happy to, to receive any phone calls for couples that want to learn more about what um, what this can look like, healing, and, and also what next steps are. Great. Very good. Thanks, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, guys. Pleasure having you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.